three, two, one. Jason, welcome back. We are back from Sapotical. And it's officially September. Back to school season is here. And there's already Halloween decorations up at your local Meyer. Yeah. And Home Depot, which sells Halloween decorations. Yeah, now. they have the the sandworm from uh, they do? Beetlejuice. 179 bucks, and Jess wants it so bad. It's like an eight foot tall sandworm. All right. I, I'm going to say this right now. Yeah. Get on our Patreon, and all <laughs> of the money that comes in from our Patreon will go towards buying that sandworm yes. for Jess. I kid you not. That's what's going to happen with that money. Uh, Executive decision. They have all got to be sold out already. Like, how do you not buy the sandworm? I Everybody's going to buy it because all the people that love that movie grew up and now they're all executives yeah. for big companies and they have that kind of money to throw around, except for you and I. We yeah, have bills no. and children to take care of. I love that movie. It's Speaking of movies, I want to ask this question okay. because I feel like I knew the answer to this question too soon. I haven't seen this these movies in years can you tell me, Jason Duncan, fresh from Sapotical, rested, you look healthy, and your hair looks great, and you just look handsome. What are the five names of the main characters in the Land Before Time series? I don't know. Littlefoot? Uh, one. Little John? <laughs> He's a rapper, but Dang okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> John Goodman. No. John Goodman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> dang it. What's the little Triceratops? What's her name? I was thinking of well, questions to ask you, bird? and I'm like, there, it's a, he's a pterodactyl, spelt with a P, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like a canary or something. <laughs> he's not a canary. It's a tiny, it's a pterodactyl <laughs> who over 20 movies never grows. Yeah. <laughs> I think we started to watch this the other day with the boys. I don't see know. the reason why I I bring it up is because Did you turn it on for Ada. Ada's like dinosaurs, dead dead dinosaurs. So I put on the dinosaurs series by with the Jim Henson puppets, <laughs> which is also on Hulu right now. Like the the TV show, the TV dinosaurs. show. So I turned that on and not the mama, not that, the mama. That one, Remy story. <laughs> And Sean, that's I was like, that's Ada. that's Ada. Ada is that dinosaur who constantly repeats himself. Anyway, and then my wife's like, no, put on Land Before Time. And so I put on Land Before Time. And as soon as the first scene with all the characters come in, they're like, that's Littlefoot, Spike, Sarah, Petrie, and Ducky. And I'm like, how in the hell did I like? You just that, rattled that off the top of your off, head. Yeah. How I many times did you watch that as a kid? I watched that movie quite a bit as a child. Only because, you know, I was really into dinosaurs. I had a bunch of dinosaur toys and a bunch of G.I. Joes that got terrorized by the dinosaurs. That's all I had growing up. I I don't... I may have had ADD as a kid. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I have not... I've never sat through... I never, as a kid, never sat through a whole movie. It's like Jess, like, we'll sing all these songs. I'm like, I have never heard that before in my life. I don't know what it is, dude, but... For whatever reason, my brain decided to hold on to that nugget of information, and why did it? I, You know what? If you're a neurologist listening to this podcast, email us at notyourpastorspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd love to have you on the show to it explain must this be phenomena. tied to something in your childhood. It, it's got to be, and it's, it's, it's messed up. But anyway, you know what's not messed up? What's up? The segues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, this we're not segue, rusty at all. This segue is completely effed right yeah. off the get go. But no, Jason and I we took a long break. We did. And one of the things that we wanted to do coming back from the break and like this, this blew me away when you a, a few weeks ago put out on the on the Facebooks. Yeah. Or was it on Twitters? I don't know. I was probably on both. It's maybe on both. You want to you you sent it out there to the to the fans. What do you guys want us to talk about coming back? And there was a few people that said, "Tell us about your sapotical, what you did, and kind of why you took a sapotical." Yeah, I was kind of flattered. Like, oh, they want to hear. I about really was flattered. Like our personal time. I thought they wanted us to like interview a satanist, like coming right off from the break. Like, let's get into some heavy yeah. shit. Like, well, it's gonna happen. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, it, it there's there's definitely some. Uh, we just I just want to say for our listeners, we just ran through all of our show and interview ideas, and I'm pumped. There is at least ten ideas on there that I'm really excited. We about. got some. There's only ten ideas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> got some dandies. Yes. So Jason, let's get into this episode. Yeah. Let's. People really want to hear about what two guys who could not make it as pastors did over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of spiritual stuff. A lot of spiritual stuff. So everybody sit back, get your popcorn, and get ready to listen to Not Your Pastor Summer Vacation. It's like a bicycle, Jason. You get back on the pedals and you start pumping, you start working your way, and it's a little wobbly at first, but then boom, you're podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> I already forgot the five names of the. Yeah. So I Spike and Littlefoot. That's what were the other? Pick. What were the other? Petrie. Petrie. Who is the pterodactyl? Pterodactyl, yeah. Who's the pterodactyl child? Uh, who is the most annoying voice in the world? Yeah. Only seconded by uh, Ducky. Who goes, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and then there is Sarah, the Triceratops, who... Sarah. Yes. I should I feel like I should have known that. At least that. I mean, you don't like the guy's voice from How to Train Your Dragon either. No. What's his name? Hiccup. Hiccup, yeah. His, his voice is the most annoying voice ever. It sounds like he's constantly got a sinus infection. <laughs> And he's also dry riding on a dragon. Your hiccup's not very good. It's not but good, but that's. I didn't think it was I, that bad. I, but I, when I when I mentioned that movie the other day, you're like, "Oh, I can't stand his voice." And it's like <laughs> you got like overwhelmingly upset. His voice is annoying as all get out. And here's the thing that I don't understand about that movie is why do they all have Scottish accents when this takes place in a Nordic country? They don't speak like that there. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about it. Uh, Email us at not your pastor's podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to answer any of those. <laughs> <laughs> the the end scene in that though is epic. The first one? I think it's the first one where he burns all those holes in his wings and he comes crashing straight. Oh, out. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. That's I'm an just epic. I'm just ending. saying that his voice is awful. And why couldn't they? You know what would have been better? Get Macaulay Culkin back from the grave and do the voice instead of that guy. That would have been better. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I listened to that. I have not listened to it yet. Is you it haven't? Is it good? It's all right. I was. Okay. I had high was expectations. Was it a little underwhelming? Did you want to hear more about is, the he, Neverland Ranch? I mean, he just. <laughs> he no, I did not. He wasn't part of that, was he? I thought that that was the he, other kid it? from the Goonies. I mean, Corey Feldman was probably yeah. a part of it, but I'm, I think Macaulay Culkin and Michael Jackson were friends. Yeah, you know what? I think there was something in there. About oh, that. we're finding some pictures after this. I don't want to. Not not pictures like <laughs> pictures of them together. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> you saw <laughs> what you said. It. Hey, here, Jason, hold my shovel before I dig my hole too deep. Gosh, uh, podcasting is hard. You know what TV show begged him to be on? What? The Big Bang Theory. And he refused to do it because he thought the show just sounded completely stupid. He didn't want anything to do with it. I've never watched a full episode of that in my entire life. I've watched a handful. I'm not like the biggest fan of it. I think, you know, part of parts of it make me laugh. But then I'm like be trying to picture Macaulay Culkin, not just in that, but in any sitcom. Maybe, be maybe him not working as an actor anymore is, is a blessing to the world. He doesn't want to be. He's not like into it. Well, just... I haven't listened to the podcast yet. Don't ruin okay, it. Okay, I won't. But he's just kind of a lazy guy. That's really all there is to it. Is he just living off of his home alone money? More or less. And the a, good son. It's it's probably a lot better paycheck than what I get. Favorite Macaulay Culkin movie? Uh, wow, uh, you really put me on the spot. Um, I don't. I've only seen two, <laughs> Home Alone one and two. <laughs> I like the movie Saved. You ever see? Saved? Oh, he's I. Shauna and I did watch that. I love that movie. He's in the wheelchair. Yeah, that movie's fantastic. It's very interesting. It's it's really telling. That's one of my <laughs> favorite Christian movies. culture. It is. It nails it to a T, though, doesn't it? 
Is it a bunch of secular people who probably wrote that? I don't know. They got it all right. They got it right for a Christian school. I mean, especially for it's the a little time. dramatized because it's it's obviously a movie, but it's like yeah. that's not far off. No, I think they I think they they nailed it right on the head. Mandy Moore's in it too. That's yeah. that's also kind of a kick to the pants. Anyway, <laughs> anywho, so Jason, we took a break. Yeah, and now we're back. Yeah, how was your break, Alex? My break was very not restful. No. Um, so last last we got together uh, was with Justin. Yeah. Which yep. I, I got a lot of really good feedback from our, our racism episode. Yeah, so did I. So hopefully we'll be able to continue to do more interviews like that that are a little bit more, I don't know, how you say controversial. <laughs> <laughs> that was lame. Don't ever do that again. I shan't. <laughs> Uh, that, was, that was better, <laughs> but uh, kind of episodes that make that make you think, I guess, is and that that make you go, hmm, hmm. I haven't thought of it that way, or hmm, things no. that make you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which, looking at our 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 board of ideas, there's definitely some episodes coming up that'll make you think, which I'm I'm really excited about. But uh, last we got together, I was a machinist working at a machine shop in yeah. in Flint. Not the machine shop music venue in Flint, which I used to get that a lot. Oh, did you see Buck Cherry? I'm like, I don't give a rip about Buck Cherry. <laughs> Have you not, ever been to the machine shop? Never been to the machine shop. You never? No. It is a nice venue. Okay. It is a really nice venue. We got offered to play there, and we had to turn it down because somebody, not naming any names, our drummer, uh, <laughs> wanted to do Valentine's Day weekend with his wife. Lame. Whatever. Lame. Whatever, Pete. <laughs> A little sore, but so last time uh, Jason and I podcasted, I was a machinist, and now uh, I quit my machining job, which is really hard when y- your bosses have literally been the best bosses you've ever had, and they've always done right by you, but... I know, I'm good guys. Uh, but to quit, because you kind of need to think ahead, and machine being a machinist isn't going to support a family of five <laughs> down the road, per yeah. se, uh, so I-, I decided to take a HVACing, so heating venting and air conditioning there you go uh apprenticeship and it's been nothing but 50 to 60 hour work week since i took the job so that's what i've i've been doing all summer and when i'm not sleeping or learning how to install an ac condenser uh, i've been spending time with my family yeah you're a lot harder to get a hold of it's i feel awful mainly because your iphone sucks my iphone broke again over the summer which was awesome it's the battery. The battery started expanding, which uh, apparently I've been told is a fire hazard. Yeah. And I charged that thing right next to my head, which could also probably be why I do this. <laughs> <laughs> Going to convulsions. Yeah. And why there's probably a small golf-sized tumor in my brain. Yeah. It's been known to happen. So, but yeah, so that's that's mainly what I've been doing. Is I've, it like, is it rewarding work? It's, it's definitely, it's it's definitely, I think, something up more my alley because it's yeah. more interaction with people. Yeah, day to that's day. what you're good at. So I'm. It's funny because we have all these, all these trainings and techniques that we do that we tr- we train our technicians to go out on sales calls or installations and how to interact with people, and it's like I did this when I worked for a church. So, like, yeah. I know how to get my foot in the door. I know how to connect with people. I know how to be like, oh, it looks like you got a Honda Odyssey out in the car. What year is it? And then we start talking about Honda Odysseys because yeah. I'm a proud owner of a Honda Odyssey, there Jason. It's it's a liberal. 2008. It's got automatic doors. It's a heck of a machine. Heck of a machine. Um, do we get made fun of it for it? Yes. But you know what? The gas mileage ain't bad. Gas mileage ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I I like it and it's a popsicle to a woman in white gloves. (laughs) Catch a popsicle. (laughs) You're a people person, though. Yeah, and I think I like I like meeting new people. Not to say that you don't interact with people in a shop setting, but this is new people. You're in their homes. You're getting to know a little bit about their life for the eight hours that you're there doing an install. And and plus, I work with the same guy every day, and that's that's been really interesting working. You're working with the same – it's definitely that, 
that old school mentality of in the trade world of you yeah. have a master and you have an apprentice. Yeah. And I really like that. And I think that the nation is kind of missing out on that in a lot of respects. That's why we have the skills gap. And any of you know who have been a listener to the podcast, I'm a huge Mike Rowe fan. Love Mike Rowe. I agree with almost everything that comes out of his See, his I didn't think you were done voice. speaking. I thought you were going to say Mike Rowe Brewery. Mike fan. Rowe <laughs> Brewery. <laughs> Well, he has a brewery, but he's he's a huge advocate for skilled trades. And when he was talking about actual skilled trades that don't require a four year degree and you can, you know, make 60,000 plus a year. Yeah. HVAC was one of them. And I was like, well, he never said machinist or carpentry, which is the two trades that I was trading in before. So I'm like, yeah, I need to get into something else. And I'm 29 now, so I'm still pretty young. And so that's that's what I ended up doing. And I think it's a it. Despite the fact that it's a lot of time away from your family, there's there's it's like a roller coaster. There's yeah. slow seasons. So like right now, I'm kind of in a slow season. So I'm gonna maybe only work forty to forty five hours this week as opposed to sixty. Yeah. But when that paycheck comes in, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, skill trade's the way to go, man. Like my job is skill trade. I'm yeah. a, I'm a CAD designer, and there are no CAD designers left in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So like I hit the I hit the jackpot like four years ago, when I got laid off from the job I was working at, and I put my, you know, my resume out there, and I got four job offers, and then they were all competing, like throwing even more money, like we'll give you free skittles if you come here. Yeah, like <laughs> like seriously, the like I got three weeks vacation, and like right off the bat, Damn. and all kinds of other crazy awesome I stuff. I should have got into CAD drawing. But well, I, I can't say no. At a I mean, you just anything. There are there's not a lot of HVAC people right now, so like you're hitting that sweet spot. And the longer you do it, like in three to four years, like you're gonna be the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping that I'm the guy. And also, I mean, as much as a whole lot more than my music career, me, <laughs> my music career too. Uh, go to Bring Down Broadway and Apple iTunes. Please buy our stuff. <laughs> Our kids are going hungry. Your band is seriously freaking awesome, though. So one of the other reasons why I got into it is because there's just such a... And I don't want to I don't want to speak ill of other of other technicians or anything like that, but they're... But you're going to. I'm going to speak ill a little bit because there's this mentality that if somebody's coming into your home to work on your house, it's almost like, can you trust the person working on it? It's almost like when you yeah. go to a mechanic. Can you trust them? Because you know nothing. Yeah. Can you trust them to tell you what's actually the matter and that they're going to only fix what's actually the matter and not tack on a bunch of stuff to your bill and try and get their their sales ticket up higher to make more money for them i worry about it every time i take my car to the dealership i that's something i worry about that's why I, there's only I one guy i take off? my car to and he's an hour away yeah and it's like that sucks like if i have to get work done it kind of screws me for the day yeah but so that's one of the other reasons why I wanted to get into it is because I have a lot of friends, you know, they're they all they're they're first time home buyers and they don't know anything about this stuff. Like I have a buddy of mine who just bought his first house. He's a, yeah. he's an electrician at our company and he knows nothing about HVAC stuff. And yeah. he's like, "I want you I he's like my furnace needs to get replaced. Can you tell me how much it's going to cost and like can you help me out a little bit? Because, uh, you know, I don't have any money. I just bought this house. You want to share your skills and do some I wanna, free consulting. Some free consulting and also just, especially for him, because I know his past. I know where he's come from. He's he's one of those guys that's just like, Jesus has done a great work in his life. And it's it's showing that his decisions after knowing Jesus uh, have just, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. And so, like, I want to help him because he's trying to do the right thing. And having a eight thousand to ten thousand dollar bill on his plate, on top of the fact that he's just got all these new home costs, I'm not going to do that to him. I'm yeah. going to tell him this is what you need to get by, and I'm going to try and help you out and fix what I can. So, what about the, all of our listeners, Alex? Uh, I'll tell. Can I'll, they email us at notyourpastorspodcast.com? I'll tell you. I'll, I'll give two pieces of advice that I've learned from HVACing thus far, and this is really simple. Change your damn filters <laughs> the recommended time three to four months or two to three months it just depends on what kind of filter you have just yeah. change it it's like underwear you want to change it when it's dirty my my old house <laughs> i put in the change once a year filter 
Oh, yeah? The big, thick thing. Yeah, those are really good. And then the other piece of advice, if your furnace is over 15 years old, start a savings account because they... Any extra years you get out of that are a blessing. So 15's like... 15 is about the average. Max like life. You're starting to get to the point where the, the repair cost to the actual replacement cost might... See, you wouldn't get this on a pastor's podcast. No, you wouldn't. Because we're not pastors. You're going to get... But I'm serious you know, because people always get caught with their pants down. And now you're having to take out essentially the same price of like an auto loan to pay for heat for your house. Because that's just how much it costs. Yeah. Thanks, Trump's and tariffs. Having your pants down in almost any situation is sinful. <laughs> there are only few situations in life where you can have your pants down. <laughs> I'm trying to like, are you a, would you call yourself a uh, Christian HVAC installer? Yes, I am a Christian HVAC installer. <laughs> I I feel bad. I can't. I can't not tell you what's wrong with your stuff. Yeah. And only that stuff. So, I can't I can't add anything else to it. So we got Christian musicians, we got Christian plumbers <laughs> and Christian HVAC. We're out there. Yeah. We are out there. And so it's it's really it's it's been a really fun ride and the guy that I'm riding with is I think I mean I I think God honestly put us together for a reason because I feel like he's kind of a person. I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but hi. Uh <laughs> he has a name. He has a name. He's awesome. But I feel like he's kind of one of those these people that have a lot of questions about religion. Yeah. And but whenever you give him an answer, those answers are never good enough. And it's it's been really interesting having these discussions because he comes from a very conservative Christian background. Yeah. And I think that kind of turned him off to Jesus and to faith in to general. Pretty much everybody. Exactly. <laughs> and so. That's um, awesome, though, because those kind of people are great that you can have the conversation with. Like, and we're driving in a truck, so it's yeah. like we're forced to talk to each other for 30 minutes, 40 minutes at a sure time. But I'm sure you have some great conversations. And He's already asked me the homosexual question. He's already yeah. asked me the uh, – I'm trying to think of some of the other – like the big the big ones. Yeah. Like He's already asked me the Trump question. Like, why do Christians love Trump so much? Does he know that we have a podcast? Uh, I don't, tell him? I haven't told him yet. I don't you know if are I'm ready. a terrible promoter of this podcast. I don't know if I'm ready to tell him yet. I don't about tell the people podcast. I work with either. They don't know. But it's been, it's just been really interesting because he's a person who used to go to church. Uh, he went to a Greek Orthodox church, which is really interesting. I, I want to kind of pick his brain more about that. But so it, I feel like honestly, the Lord has put us together and he's, even though I would not call him a Bible-believing Christian, if we want to put that label on it, he's one of literally the nicest people yeah. ever. He has let me, my car, I locked my keys in my car, and I was like, not dang Alex. it. Alex. Yeah, I locked my keys in my car. I'll How, tell this like story. Like once a year. <laughs> and he's like. I know of at least two. That's all I. He's like, like just. I, uh, I jest. I jest. He's like, just take take my car home, which he has a brand new 2018 GMC Terrain lease. He's letting this kid, who's he's only known for two months, drive his brand new car home. You honestly think what a, a non Christian would let you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't believe in Jesus, he's clearly evil, Alex. But that's what my church upbringing. But anyway, like me. he and he's just one of those other guys that's like he can't not help somebody. So it's yeah. really he, so it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic the two of us. So, but yeah, that's. Went camping with Shauna and Ada a couple times this summer. Doing potty training with Ada, which is really fun. Uh, she she can't figure out number two, so there I wouldn't be lying if there wasn't a couple times Shauna has sent me pictures while at work of just there's just a log, yeah, randomly on the floor. <laughs> at least it's on the floor, not the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> Once they hit the front yard, you got problems. <laughs> well, that might just be a boy thing. I, Marking your territory. I don't think our, our no our kids never pooped in the front yard. They did poop in the backyard underneath the tree, and when we said when Jess said you cannot poop in the backyard, he said Sophie does our dog, <laughs> and she does. So kind of makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much what's going on at the Ryman house. But Jason, uh huh. It, we're 24 minutes into this podcast. Oh, my gosh. According to the time. People are so bored. <laughs> People are bored. Uh, let's take a quick break. Oh. Read a five-star review, and hey. then we'll come back. Okay. Your turn. All right.
Jason, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a miracle that should only be performed on Christmas because we got a five-star review during our sapotical. Yeah. You're, we're not posting any episodes. And we have one person that decided, you know what, I'm going to write these fools a five-star review. Which, Jason, tell them the rules about our five-star reviews. I don't remember. You Come on. It hasn't been that long. We have rules? Yeah, we have rules. I, I honestly, I don't Well, we have, we have conditions. If you write us a five-star review. Oh, we will read it. We will. I have to read yeah. it. Yes. I have to read okay. it. And remember, we read every five-star review. So make sure if you go on the Apple iTunes app to leave us a five-star review. And don't just rate us at a five-star. Actually give write us a little review. There, yeah. There is an option just to leave us five stars. How many five-star reviews are we up to? Uh, it's in the 50s, isn't it? It's 54. Holy crap. You guys are awesome. I'm, I'm blown away. Okay. So th- listen to this. Uh, how do you pronounce this name? see here where is it oh Eliz Knowles is that it Eliz Eliz Knowles alright <laughs> you're not gonna try just make me sound like a moron so we're gonna go with what Jason said wrote this review <laughs> <laughs> and Eliz Knowles starts off her pot or her podcast review. how do you know it's a her just going up by it. I shouldn't assume genders. You shouldn't. Okay, starting over again. <laughs> Little toots. Eliz Knowles wrote this. Yeah? She writes, Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> you just did it again! I mean, come on. Is it a dude? It's probably not a dude. What if it's Eliezer? Is that a guy's name? Is he from Israel? Come on. All right. Eliz Knowles writes this, All I ever wanted in a podcast. This podcast is perfect. I know you want me to narrow down the reasons why. Could it be the chemistry between the hosts? Jason's looking at me and my eyes very lovely. Our hands touched. We touched hands. Could it be guests and topics that encourage and challenge us? That's what we shoot for. That's what we shoot for. I'm thinking of all the the Dan Taylor episodes about yeah. masturbation. <laughs> Could it just be that they are real people who share their own struggles with us? Yeah, that's it for sure. Honestly, I don't know, but I know when I listen, I laugh, and sometimes stuff gets in my eyes, and I cry a little bit. Aww. Aww. Keep up the good work. You know what, Eliz Knowles? We <laughs> shall. We make this podcast great again. <laughs> Stop pounding the table. It was intimidating. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Eliz Knowles, for that for that review and the fact that you wrote it during our sapotical. Yeah, just blows me. That's away. awesome. Anyway, Jason, let's get back into this episode. All right. Oh, we're going. Yes. Oh. Did, did you forget? Yeah. No, you said it was my turn. Yes. You want to hear about my summer sapotical? Yeah. My, it's more official. My sapotical. That's why pastors stopped calling it, I'm taking a summer break, because it just doesn't sound official enough. So they yeah. call it sabbatical. We hijacked it, made it sabbatical. We'll talk about sabbaticals in a minute. Yeah. I think that'll be the spiritual element of this show. Spiritual. Um, Jess and I bought a new house. That is quite the feat. And before we could buy a new house, we had to fix up our old house. And my summer was freaking busy. It started, I mean, that's why I was so late getting out the interview with Justin. Yeah. Because we recorded that thing, and we were in the middle of it. And we did so much work to our old house to break even. <laughs> Actually, we didn't. We made, uh, I think it was $126 total. Kids, off we're going house. to Sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> Applebee's, here we come. <laughs> uh, just half off apps and, you know. Two Half for off apps, and you guys get water. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of work to break even, but it was worth it because the house that we got is freaking amazing. Yes, it is. And I got to like, houses in Michigan are selling like crazy. They are. Our house sold in a day. We listed it, and it was sold that day. Um, wow. Yeah. Actually, it was. It didn't. I guess I can't say that quick. They came and looked at it the first day, and then they ended up making an offer. And 
Make an um, offer you can refuse. Yeah, but they were they were awful. Quite, oh. they just took forever getting all their paperwork and stuff in. Um, but the house that we ended up in, Jess actually looked at before we even listed our house, and she's like, "I want this one." And I'm like, "No, it's really old. It's it's probably haunted." Um, I that was the first question I asked you. Yeah. When you sent me the pictures, I'm like, is it haunted? You look at it from the outside. It's a two-story brick. Cape Cod, is that the style? Sure. I don't know. I don't know how styles. I just know mine's a bungalow and yours has the potential to be haunted, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it could be haunted. It's one of those houses when you turn turn back to look in the upstairs windows and there's a little creepy girl waving at you. That's the house. Which my sister photoshopped a picture of of a ghost in my house. (laughs) Uh, There's still time. They're hiding. There's no ghost. We did have a bat. Did I tell you about that? Uh, I think Jess... I get I get all my information about your family from, from Jess fa- on Facebook. Yeah, yeah she, she keeps me up to date. She does. She keeps me up to date too. <laughs> when the kids are sick, that's usually how I find out. Um, no, there was a freaking bat in our house. Like Jess is like, I'm downstairs, and Jess is like, um, we have a problem. And I was like thinking in the back of my head, could it be the flooded basement? You know. Huh? Because it was at the time. And I go upstairs and there's a freaking bat hanging from the trim in our bedroom. Now, images of black sheep come to mind. It was, I will say, (laughs) I had this thing under control, though. First of all, the bat was sleeping. So, and I didn't just go poke it like in black sheep to wake it up. You totally didn't touch it. Yes, I did. No, I had uh, this, like, garbage pail from, like, my old office. So it's like a mesh metal, you know, you could, like, a little expanded metal garbage uh, garbage can. And I went out into the garage, and I got a piece of cardboard, and I put on the biggest rubber gloves I could find, uh, which I have for cleaning out my gutters. And I just walked in there, and I just, like, thump over it. Which I woke it up because I hit its legs, and then that thing had some teeth on it. Bats have giant teeth. That's what they use to crush bugs with, Jason. I mean, you know how I'm like with animals and stuff. I'm I'm surprised you identified it First properly. First of all, it was furry. Yeah, I wasn't like bats are furry. Brown bats, technically in Michigan. Yeah, like it's a mouse with big wings. Yeah, I mean, and its wingspan was probably a foot. I mean, it wasn't a little guy. You maybe maybe 10 inches. I might be pastor exaggerating a little bit. I will let you know there was only one bat. I'm not going to pastor count and say there were 10. There were 10 bats, and I was fighting them, and the, the sin was against me, but the Lord was yeah. on my side. There was 10 baptisms, and there was, there was one. Uh, but no, I put that up there, and then Jess slid the cardboard mm-hmm. behind it, and we took it out, and we set it on the front porch. And then late at night, I made Jess go out there and like a man <laughs> and tip it over and let it free. And I think a cat ate it. Very possible. You're not, not allowed to kill bats. Did you know that? I did it, not know it's that. It's against the law to kill bats. I would have killed it, honestly. You're a jerk. There's, a cer- there's <laughs> only certain animals allowed in my house and bats are not on the list. You're actually supposed to catch them and then drown them and then send them to U of M and then they test them for rabies. Are you serious? Yeah. I know you're not supposed to kill them. That's what everybody I, on okay, Facebook told us. You okay, do, so do not kill the bats back in the against early, the law. Back in the early 2000s, there was a thing where you, if you had bats in the house, they wanted you to test them for rabies. So you, the only way you could do that is you have to preserve the brain. And the way you do that is you put them in a bucket, put the lid on the bucket, cut a hole out for, for the hose, and then you fill it up until the bat stops flapping its wings. I don't think I could do that. It sounds awful. I, I would not be able to do that. But it's it's mainly it's it's it, the person in, who did this. He had a small child in the house, and you, you just wanted to make sure that the bat didn't have rabies. Yeah, I mean, I heard it, it the night, like all night long. I heard like like flapping around and moving around inside of our bedroom. And I was like, oh, we got. That's why I would have killed it and then just buried it in the backyard we got a and never speak. Mouse. I thought we had a mouse. I really did. And then wake up the next morning and there's a bat hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Which Jess loves bats. 
That's she like, does. She's always like posting favorite. pictures of bats. A sloth is her spirit animal, but a bat is really close. <laughs> I think Rex said, of course we have a bat because you're a witch and it's like a witch's house and witch's house have bats. <laughs> Logic from a child. Yeah. But no, honestly, the house is amazing. We got a great deal on it, probably because it's so stinking old. But it was just like... It's solid, dude. And it's just... I mean, it's really overgrown. The backyard is a You've jungle. done a lot of work. It's, it's, well, it's right in the booming metropolis of Davison, Michigan. I mean, right downtown. My backyard opens up to Main Street. There's a gate. But it's so private. Because it's got all these trees and everything around it. Yeah, uh, you have a very nice backyard. There's apples, there's raspberries, there's grapes, there's a garden. I mean... Not your pastor's wine coming this fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that. It No, I, I feel like we inherit... It's, it's just night and day over our old house, which was just a cookie-cutter subdivision house you have a house with character now. a ton of character yeah and it's, i'm i'm really looking forward to to the memories that you will make there yeah and you have a playroom and you're you're the your guys is like i'm so jealous of your, how big your kitchen is over my kitchen it is it is a nice size kitchen and it's fully remodeled everything all everything is new redone. like granite countertops and just cupboards for days i don't we don't even know what to put in them you don't need to put anything in them according to our minimalist. Uh, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. We went minimalist. <laughs> we got rid of so much crap, and now there's nothing to put in any of these spaces. I'm to the point now. It's like it's a blank like canvas. One pot, one pan, and a stirring spoon. I think that's all I need yeah. in my kitchen at this point. This? And a butter dish. Where are you going to put the butter? I just need a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> but what, is there any, what about anything else other than the house, Jason? Uh, the whole process sucked. Yeah. It took forever. Yep. Um, my identity got stolen. Yeah, that sucks. We'll talk about that in a future episode. But yeah, somebody. Hacked. It's funny. There's a Melissa McCarthy movie about identity theft, and they try and make it funny. It's like that's not funny. No, I mean, my um email got hijacked. My bank accounts got hijacked. Like the person was actively in my accounts at the same time I was changing stuff as I'm trying to change it. So, I mean, it was a nightmare, uh, about a week trying to sort stuff out. Chase Bank closed my accounts. They're like, we can't help you. Like, after... But I want my money. <laughs> well, I was able to withdraw my money, but they started, like, making up, setting up all these external accounts and trying to, to take my money out directly. Yeah. And I went in and I changed my password and everything, and then they ch- the next morning I couldn't get in, they changed it. Like, they obviously knew, like, my security questions and answers. They knew my passwords. And as you're buying a house, all of your stuff is in email. And they had my email, so that means they had my social. They had, they have everything. Every last little bit. And so, yeah, that was, that was a headache. So, just so you know, my credit is frozen. (laughs) Well, good thing you got a you house. You can go on, yeah. You can go on to like the major credit reporting agencies, like uh, whatever they're called. I don't even know. Maybe we can get some of them as sponsors one day. Equifax and stuff like that. Yeah. And you credit can, karma. That's the one. That's not one of them. Oh, dang it! TransUnion or something. I don't know. I should know them, but you can go on to all their websites and freeze your credit. So I did that. So nobody can take out a loan without me knowing about it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was a nightmare. That's so sucky. Oh yeah. Right in the middle of everything. That's like, <sighs> yeah, it was the lender we went through Their Their website got hacked. Oh, all of our stuff. No, my stuff got stolen. Sidebar. Who's the lender? I'm, I can't, I'm not going to do that. Don't say it on the podcast. Just tell me and then bleep it out. Well, no. Cause then I got to find where the spot's at in the show and bleep it out. I'll tell Dang you later. It. Okay. Tell me later. I just hope it's not my guy person. It's probably it's the same. A girl. Probably the same. Well, dang it! <laughs> but what about sub? What about sabbaticals? Um, sabbaticals. As much as you don't want to take them, you kind of need them. Yeah. From time to time, and Jason and I were kind of talking about this before we started recording. But like, I wonder what 
what the limit for Jesus was because there's there's multiple times throughout the Gospels where it's just like, hey, where's Jesus? Oh, he's up in the mountain. He broke away. He he's just like um. I wonder what, what that conversation was like, because I'm sure the apostles were like, well, where are you going? And he's like, I'm getting away from you fools for yeah. just give me an hour. Just I need want to an spend hour. time with my father. Exactly. That's pretty much what he said. Yeah. And so those are like the only really, the only off the top of my head, like reasonings for a like a sabbatical, sabbatical. We've been calling it a sabbatical so much. <laughs> That, that's just it's just the word but now. at the same time like the season of life that you and i were in throughout the summer like we wouldn't have been able to even put out a good podcast if we wanted to like we're constantly battling over just just in the recent weeks just battling over schedule just to come just to get together to think yeah. of ideas yeah and i hated it i hated telling you i can't I'm working or yeah, I was like, I don't think Alex likes me anymore. I never, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. But what do you think about pastors taking sabbaticals? I think the fact, okay, I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my, 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 my honest opinion. The fact that pastors have to take sabbatical or sabbaticals, <laughs> the fact that, pa- <laughs> That's like taking a drink. Oh, that almost came out my nose. I don't know. I feel like the fact that pastors have to take sabbaticals might be, we may be putting too much on the office and and therefore driving them to have to take them. I'm not saying they're bad, but like I I feel like most of the pastors that I've known that have actually done that, that it, it's not just like, I have a pastor friend that's like once a week, one week out of the year, I go camping just by myself. Yeah. And it's just my time to recharge. Okay. That's fine. He doesn't miss a Sunday. Not None of that stuff. It's just he shuts his phone off, and he's dead to the world. He's just out camping. Yeah. But he's there on Sunday to preach the next Sunday. I feel like the fact that we put so much on the office of pastor and therefore – driving our pastors to work themselves so so much Mm -hmm. to where they're like i need a five week break or i'm gonna die i think we're i think it's we're doing it wrong we're looking to we're looking too much to the pastor for our our faith as opposed to making our faith our own and dealing with it that way yeah i think there's definitely some elements of there i think it should be mandatory I, like I think a, I think it has to be mandatory in the current church age that we live in. Like if you and I were starting a church and we were looking for a pastor, yeah, to pastor our church, and that would be part of his. That would be part of the deal. At least, I mean, I would start him off at like three weeks on top of vacation. There is like you're going to have your vacations, but there's going to be three weeks during the summertime where you're not going to be here. Like I'm going to kick you out the door. Like go, get away. I mean, you could do a staycation. I don't care. Just don't come here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would seriously. I'd kick him out the door. I've heard of that. I've heard of. And each each year, I'd probably increase it for a week. I would, and I would, I like. I mean, I mean, with to each their own, right? I mean, I've heard of churches just their. I would employees, expect them to not, work not the actual yeah. head pastor, but just their employees. It's like as soon as you hire on, mandatory two weeks. Yeah. Mandatory two weeks paid vacation and like it's amazing that you you're still you still have these <laughs> these employees that still want to work like they the the church staff the 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 higher ups in the staff the elders and the pastors have to make these employees take their vacation because i mean anybody who's worked for a church knows like there's plenty of work to go around like yeah. you could work yourself to the bone like i when shauna was gone for a week in Oregon vacationing with her family and we were I had just recently started at the church so I didn't feel like I should take a vacation just right then and there yeah I put in 70 hours easy yeah as a single person I can't imagine doing that and having a family on the same time and preparing messages weekly all that stuff um so yeah I think it's I think it's definitely you need to do it when you're in the business of helping people and it's your life passion, like that's what you, you kind of have to take time for yourself. You do have to take time for yourself. You have to reset. You can't just give, give, give and give. I think that was maybe one of my problems as 
apart from my honeymoon, which I took my, I worked at the church for a week and then I got you married were. and I was gone for 10 days. Nice. <laughs> so it was kind of like, sorry, I'm taking my honeymoon and it was paid. I felt bad. But anyway, um, in the year and a half that I worked at the church, I missed one Sunday. Yeah. I was there every Sunday and I only took one week of vacation. And the reason why I did that was because I said, oh, I can't take any more. Yeah. There's so much to do. And I think we can get in that mentality of there's so much to do, there's so much work, and God would be disappointed if I missed the opportunities, maybe, that we may not give ourselves. Disagree with that. You're going to disagree with that? That God would not be disappointed. Well, I'm saying we project that onto God. Yeah, we project project that that onto God. I don't think God would be disappointed with us. I'm thinking he's maybe yelling from the mountaintops, take a freaking break. Yeah, yeah. Because you t- you take you put so much on your plate and then you suck at everything. Yep. You really do. You are really inefficient, and I you can tell like when a pastor's blowing. Up. I can tell. I give you my own because I while I was not on church staff, I did everything because I'm that kind of person who's really driven to help people. So I was at the Salvation Army. I was at the county jail. I was at the old folks' home. I was preaching more than paid pastors were. For almost almost a full year, I did that. And what happened is I began to suck at everything. My preaching took a hit because I had no time to prep anymore. Mm-hmm. And like you just you like you hate saying no to stuff, especially when it's something that you love to do. I love playing in the band. I love playing music. I love going to the county jail. I love going to the drug recovery home. I love going and hanging out with the old people. But just the wear and tear on your family, the wear and tear on your brain, like because you're dealing often with heavy stuff. I remember going and preaching forgiveness and thinking like I being arrogant enough to think like I have the answers. (laughs) I know about forgiveness. And this guy at the Salvation Army, when I started to talk about forgiveness, stands up and he goes at the corner gas station. He pointed to it. I know exactly where it is on the corner of Robert T. and Dort. He's like, my mom and uncle were shot and killed. And then I had to show up to the court and I had to forgive the guy who shot them <laughs> to get on with my life. I was like, you just preached a sermon, but you're constantly dealing with pe- people with porn addictions that you're talking to people yeah. who just lost a family, people who just people who you think you told them the right answer and the, and you get frustrated with them when they're not doing any of the things that you suggested. I, I got that a lot in Flint and that was a kind of, that was really hard for me because I'm like, I am giving you my time yeah. and telling you, what I'm doing this in air quotes, what you need to hear because I'm the church person. Um, but then when they wouldn't take it, I'm like, then stop wasting my time. And I would get frustrated as opposed to they're trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. And so the one that really effed with me was our friend Tiffany, who got me the preaching gig at the Salvation Army. And I knew her husband and she was murdered by her husband. Mm hmm. That messed with me for a good long time. Like it, it made it really hard to go in there and preach because I'd go in there and I think of her because her and I did ministry together. Like I'd show up to the Salvation Army. She would be there. I would preach. She would give me feedback from the people that I. She did that a couple times for me. I spoke to and then she would follow up with them. Like because people would come forward afterwards and I'm not in the position, you know, to to follow up with people during the week like she was she worked there mm-hmm. yeah that, that was rough that, that was rough whole... for, for me and that and that's that's not like unique to me pastors go through that stuff all the time i remember going through that because i knew that family in particular really well because they were a part of the church that i was at in downtown flint for a while and i remember our pastor trying to get me to sit down for lunch just to talk about it just to just decompress and just to do what's normal. And I basically pushed him off and said, because I got work to do. Yep. And so you keep busy so you don't have to think about it. And it wasn't until days later, I actually sat in his office and said, I think I'm ready to talk about it. And I, I'm sorry that I'm so dense that I didn't pick up on what you were trying to do. And he's like, all right, let's, you put down his, his schedule and 
we sat and talked about it for yeah. a couple hours. Yeah, I bring up the whole thing because some people get upset that the pastor's taking a break. The job looks really easy. Like they it's just, not. They just get up there and they just preach. They also deal with everybody's baggage. I always say that's the difference between, well, Richard, Richard Jacobson nailed it best. Who's doing a TED Talk? That's incredible. Yeah. We've been on this podcast. Maybe we'll do a TED Talk. <laughs> Highly unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can dream. But I he, can uh, dream. He said a pastor smells like a shepherd smells like their sheep because they know everybody's business. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between, for me, between a pastor and a preacher. I'm a preacher. I like I, I have the gift to get up in front of a group of people, learn a text, recite the text and preach and motivate people to do things and encourage people. Um, like I have that talent, that ability, not a pastor. There's a difference. A pastor is is usually somebody who can speak. Three, two, one. I'm not a pastor. A pastor is somebody who can usually speak, sometimes not, but a pastor is somebody who smells like they're sheep. They're in people's business. They're guiding them daily. They're taking the phone calls in the middle of the night. That's why. That's how we got the whole title of this stinking podcast, Not Your Pastor's Podcast, because when I would go and preach, I would say, I am not your pastor. I don't know what you're going through right now. I'm going to preach Jesus and if it connects with you, that's that's awesome, and I can follow up with stuff, but I don't know everybody's situations. If I say something that's offensive, I'm sorry. Like, I would I would kind of give that little disclaimer. Hmm. I guess I kind of want to ref, ref, rephrase what I said earlier about okay. sabbaticals. Like, I, I still kind of think, like, we may be putting too much on the actual office of pastor. I agree. But at the same time, I'm not opposed to pastors taking – even if even if it was hap if it was the perfect church, let's just say it was out there hypothetically. Yeah. The perfect church is out there and there's not everything is being put on the head pastor to take care of everything. Let's just say. I I would even still think it would be beneficial for a pastor, whatever the length of time that they feel is necessary, to just take a vacation, get away, or yeah. I've I've heard of pastors taking sabbaticals just to kind of just on a deeper level reconnect with Jesus and in God's word and just kind of wrap their head around what they want to do with with where they want the church to go for the next year and make like a plan for the church especially if the church is kind of in a dire situation like what and just spend an intense amount of time in prayer Vision and fasting casting. sure <laughs> you can call it that but I, I still I still so I, I'll revise it a little bit. I'm not opposed, obviously, to pastors taking sabbaticals. I'm just saying the reason why maybe pastors are taking sabbaticals and why the sabbaticals are so long is could be we're putting too much on them, and we're we're relying fully on that one guy to be our savior as opposed to you know Jesus. We we put way too much on them. It's a lot. It's it's and a crushing get, weight. They get burned out. They don't want to appear to be burnt out. And they get five, six years into the thing and everything's a facade. They're just oh, like everything is fake. They can't be honest from the pulpit, hmm. which is another reason we started this podcast is so we can be just honest. We can just be people. We can be ourselves. We don't have to worry about being fired or, or being taken the wrong way. Like if you get offended, sorry, you also don't pay. You don't pay for my house. Like. There's nothing there's nothing for me to lose out of this. And that's like that's the freedom you kind of want your pastor to have so they can speak openly and honestly about themselves uh about you, about what's going on in the church, about the Bible. It's not tied to anything else. I mean, there's so much weight in there. Hmm. There's the burden of people and their problems. There's the burden of what people want you to say because you are the pastor. There's the burden of what you should say, and but you can't say or you're afraid to say or you might upset Deacon so-and-so and Deacon so-and-so has 12 family members and I'm in my church of 100 and I can't, you know, offend them because when 12 people leave a church of 100, 
it's a lot. It's twenty percent. You know, yep. my math is a little bit off there, but you get the you get the idea. It's twelve percent. Yeah, it is. It's exactly of a hundred people. It's twelve. It's leave. Exactly it's twelve percent. <laughs> but they probably have some other friends. Like they're they're and 12, they tell two go. friends. <laughs> and they tell two friends. Ancient Chinese secret. Oh, <laughs> uh, Wayne's World. It wouldn't be a. It wouldn't be our podcast if that didn't somehow but some seep pe- into it. Some people get offended when the pastor takes a break, and I have I have seen pastors who call themselves pastors and don't do jack shit. They're awful <laughs> pastors. I've seen that. They've got their. They've got their. Uh, uh, you know, 52 sermons and every year they just, what did I do last year? Oh yeah. Here's what I did last year. And then they, they just, they fake it. They're fakers. There are those people out there. And maybe if you're really angry at your pastor for taking a break, maybe it's cause he is a faker. I don't know. Maybe he's really burnt out and needs a break and can't be real with you or real with himself or real with his family. If if I were running a church, I'm trying to think of attributes of a burnt out pastor and one who's fresh off sabbatical and trying to make it funny. (laughs) (laughs) If I were running a church, I would have a 40 hour work week. I think people become highly ineffective over 55 hours, Mm -hmm. 55 hours and you're shot. Yeah, I don't. I don't care I've what never, you do for I've a never, living. I've never worked fifty-five hours, and then I did an hour. I did a week where I worked sixty-two hours, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is what this feels like." I did. I did between fifty-five and sixty hours a week for two years. And That's it, insane. The money was fantastic, and it wasn't worth any of it. It almost crushed Jess and I. It was over the top, ridiculous, is what mm-hmm. it was. And I would like. I would. I would put that in there, like. Nope, you've got so much time for maybe today's your sermon prep day. And you know what? The rest of the time, go you know make calls. Go visit hospitals. Go do funerals. Go minister to people. And the rest of your sermon will develop out of it. It, it just will. It just, it'll develop out of your mm-hmm. week. It'll develop out of experiences. Yep. Like just grab your text and go and be a pastor to people. And... The spirit will guide you in those moments. I couldn't. I couldn't agree <laughs> more. So, Jason, when's our next sabbatical? <laughs> I already feel burnt out, and I'm uh, carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. No, know, seriously, paid sabbatical. When's the next one? We, here's the thing about our podcast: we don't have to show up every Sunday. <laughs> we don't. We could take a week off whenever we want to take a week off because that's how we roll. But if you start paying us money, we may start. It's a hobby cast. It's a hobby cast. (laughs) There's another phrase for you from Jason Duncan. We need to get we need to get the the book of Jason. It's just all the things that you come up with on this podcast, phrases and thoughts and ideas. Probably not. And we'll sell it. Really boring for money. We'd run out. (laughs) Page two. Oh, it's blank. Yeah. Oh, you devil spaced. There's nothing here. <laughs> oh, you use extra wide margins. It's literally just the word hobby cast. <laughs> and, and Alex saying, we should come up with a book of your phrases. And it's just that one. Yeah, well. <laughs> Jason, any any final thoughts on sabbaticals, sabbaticals, taking I, a break? I do. I do have one final thought because I do think. Which are super fun. But I can see the potential. So a pastor has 10 sermons. Like, they, they've got 10, 12 sermons max that they're going to preach. And, like, if you don't know what I mean by that, they've got about 12 good stories, like 12 good stormins, <laughs> sermons, stories. And you're going to hear your pastor repeat that. But what we would uh, do is during the summer, um, you'd go on trips the, the pastors would, and they go around to different churches, and you're giving your best content at every church you go to. So it's, it's no effort because you've done this sermon five, ten times in your life. 
you the prep work's already in. You can usually gauge it to the room, and you could go around to different churches, say your knockout sermon, leave everybody happy, you know, motivated, encouraged, leave room there for the current pastor when he gets back, and you got away from your church, your congregation, your problems that you can, you know, have some time to think about before you open your mouth and say something stupid or give just the, I mean, most pastors are like answer guys. They just want to throw out the quick answer and just sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not reading your Bible. You know, like whatever, Yeah. whatever it may be. But no, they can sit and they can actually think about it while they're away visiting another church. They can be rejuvenated by talking to different faces, different people, hearing different responses. They can um, hone in on their craft of developing whatever that top particular topic is. And it just gives it gives a break while still fe- feeding that need to to preach. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I thought I thought that was excellent because you go to a church and you'd speak for two or three days in a row and then you go to the next church the next week or a week later and you would you would speak. I don't know. I think implementing something like that I, I mean that that only that, that only works if you have a giant network of churches so if you're a part of a denomination a denomination now it could work it, it just takes a little bit more effort if you're like in a non-denominational church fun fact so, you should be networking with other churches i understand that but it doesn't happen all the time i know it. <laughs> it's like pastors are territorial or something you stay away from my <laughs> those are my people those are my people it kind of it kind of is like that in flint a little bit like what are you doing on my side like my side of court street it's like i'm sorry Maybe we should make up flyers for our church and go put them on the cars of, of other people who are at their church. This isn't a battle of the bands, Jason. <laughs> or is it? Battle of the worship bands. That did actually happen. Oh, my Lord. Our pastor never told you about that? No. So somebody, this was years ago. I don't even know who this person was. Okay. But somebody from our church went to another church during their Sunday morning and put flyers for our church on all the cars. Oh my! You never heard about this? Goodness! And then that pastor contacted our pastor and was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and our and pastor's our... like, "I did not do this. Somebody did it. I'm I don't. Sorry. I'll find out who." He apologized. He's like, "I will correct this. I am terribly, one hundred percent sorry." And that's the other thing about being a pastor: you get to deal with people like that. It's super fun. Um, so much just fun. Just leave it to the deacons. They'll run it. They'll run it. Anyway, uh, maybe we should leave our the deacons to finish up this episode, but we don't have any. We, we have one deacon. We have a deaconess. Who's our deaconess? Our one Patreon supporter, <laughs> Carrie Jellick, has officially earned the title of deaconess. <laughs> nice. For supporting us. Welcome. welcome. And we haven't, we haven't forgotten about you, Carrie. We appreciate you very much. Welcome back. Yes. We are back. Uh, Jason, it wouldn't be the wrapping up of a Not Your Pastors podcast if we didn't share with the good people that are listening to this right now in their earbuds or in their car or on their AM radios. Alexa, play Not Your Pastors podcast. <laughs> you know what? There's somebody out there that's probably done that. You know, if you can't find our podcast, just ask Alexa. She'll bring it up. And then she'll be like, are you sure? <laughs> like, do you really want to make this poor decision? <laughs> Funny story. I was at a party. And Ask Alexa if I'm going to hell. <laughs> I wonder what she would say. And my buddy has an Alexa. And it was a birthday party. And he's like, you know, play party mix. Yeah. And I kept saying, like, he walked away to be like, hey, Alexa, play Beethoven. And then she'd start playing Beethoven. And he's like, what's this? I'm like, I don't know. And then he'd come back, Alexa, play party mix. And I'd be like, Alexa, ignore that order. And then all of a sudden it just keeps playing Beethoven. He's like, Alex, shut up. Gunner had a blast with Alexa the other day. He's like, Alexa, who's your favorite Star Wars character? And Alexa goes, Jar Jar, just kidding. (laughs) 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 R2-D2. I laughed so hard. Well, and then he, he asked her again, like, because he kept asking the same questions. And the second time, she's like, BB-8, I like the way he rolls. 
And she has a sense of humor. So if there was the one piece of advice that Alexa would tell our, our audience, what piece of advice would that be? Why are you looking <laughs> like that? Why you... I just wanted to see how long I could awkwardly sit here and not say anything. It was exactly that long before <laughs> you were like, what is going on? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alexa would say, always keep your stick on your ass. Straight, she would. And support us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs>